there's a there's a difference between respect and disrespect. We are back with, I think, episode 17 of the Clinch Perfect podcast. Finally got an intro, finally got intro music. I'm glad to get that sorted. Joined, as always, by Tom. How are you doing, mate? Hello, hello, hello. I feel like we're, we're semi-professional now, right? What are we, like, Fleetwood Town? Is that is that a vibe that we're going for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're at that level yet, mate. I don't think we're at that level. Um, but it does feel slightly more legit to have a, have a little intro there. Um, I put the uh, put the little clip there of Floyd Mayweather learning the intricacies of the English language before before we start. May I just say it before we get started, listeners? I've got to pay my respects to Ben's editing skills because I don't know where they've come from. Like we, we spent like last week, Ben was like, oh, "I need to find some audio," so I had to literally go into the depths of this email that I never use. So I had to find like my passwords book, find the password for this email, all that jazz try and find this melody loops account that i didn't even like i couldn't even remember the password to couldn't reset it all that jazz we've been trying to do that for months and i just never got around to it until ben was like oh yeah i want to get some audio sounds so, so now we have it there we go it's, Wait, I'm a it's out on the table i'm a technophobe i'm a 25 year old boomer when it comes to that sort of shit <laughs> <laughs> it's literally taken us what 17 episodes to get some get some intro music so um yeah but we got it i thought we'd uh we'd start off just with a little touch on the uh the Floyd versus Logan subject, even though we're a little late to the party there for having last Sunday. Um, neither, of us, neither of us stayed up to watch it, obviously. Why would we? Um, but as I was just saying to you before we started, I woke up and the first thing I saw when I checked Twitter was a retweet of Jake Paul saying, my brother just beat the greatest boxer ever or whatever. And I had like three or four seconds where I legit thought Logan won. And I was like, what the fuck is this world I am living in? Um, but what, I mean, the, the clip I put in the start, I chose that because... Floyd's talking about the difference between disrespect and respect. He sounds like an idiot, first of all. And disrespect is what he did to his own legacy last weekend by not finishing Logan Paul. Like, I watched the highlights think- and I thought, okay, he's, he's toying with him. That's cool and all. But eventually, I thought he'd turn up the pressure, give the people what they pay to see. I mean, a lot of us didn't pay to see it, but give the people what they pay to see. You know, he's supposed to be an entertainer and finish the fight maybe in like the fourth or fifth round. But he just couldn't be asked. Let, let's just clear it up. It's not boxing. It's not professional sport. It's glorified WWE without any of the cool moves. That's that's plain and simple what this exhibition bollocks is. It's not it's not boxing. It's not wrestling. It's it's completely staged. And um, I mean, you, you saw it. I mean, there's that clip going around, isn't there, of the fact that he caught Logan. Logan stumbled, and then yeah, he's holding him up. Like Floyd could have put him out within the first thirty seconds if he'd landed a well placed body shot. Like it, it's not, and everyone's going, oh, Logan's bigger, all this kind of, there's no competition. There's there's literally no competition whatsoever. Floyd could have finished it whenever he wanted to. It's an exhibition. They're milking it. But it's not, it's, it's basically sparring, light sparring. They're not really landing big shots. Like I don't think there's a moment where Floyd like was in pain or there was a, a clear size discrepancy or whatever. If anything, I felt that Floyd actually looked like the stronger guy. Which sounds a bit weird considering the like the height disparity and what have you, but uh, it was a fast man. I'm I'm fed up the whole. I'm, honestly, Tyron Woodley, I will forgive you for 
the absolute atrocity that happened to your career in the UFC, like the fast past three fights, if you spark Jake Paul out, I don't think that's going to happen. By the way, hey, he looked pretty good. Stage, have you seen Have you seen like, the training videos he's put up? He's looked he's looking all right. Yeah, and of course I'm, he looks great on the pads, but the whole <laughs> thing's staged anyway. Like, who cares? Why are we buying this stuff? <laughs> I'm not buying it, mate. I'm not I'm not going to drop on here where I'll be watching it, but I won't be buying it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked pretty good in the videos I've seen, and I've heard him talking about the fact that he's actually been training like for a transition to boxing for a long time. And so whether that's true, I don't know. But if it is, hopefully he'll uh, he'll put a stop to all this. Um, we'll move on to some, some MMA chat since that's what we're here for. Um, we had a card last weekend, obviously, with a few highlights and a few not-so-highlights. There were some really shit fight, fights on there, not going to lie. Um, we opened a night up with a really boring fight um, between PAS and um, Levitt. And I, I remember there was a tweet came up on the broadcast that was like, this is such an exciting, high-level grappling match. I was like, shut the fuck up. No, it's not. <laughs> but Get yeah, the bin, you um, filthy casual. <laughs> bit, of, bit of bad news at, during that card was that Tom Breeze had to withdraw from his fight with, uh, with Antonio Arroyo. Um, no confirmation yet on what that was about, but he has since been removed from the, from the UFC rankings pool. So I'd have to assume it was, it was something to do with the issues he suffered with in the past with anxiety. Um, obviously that is just my assumption, but, um, really bad news if, if he's been cut because he couldn't get over that issue. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, sadly, I, I don't think Tom was in the right headspace. Um, I mean, that's purely my assumption. We know he's had a history of, um, problems and with his health and mental health in the past. Um, I don't really want to go into too much detail because again, I don't know the full circumstances. I just hope Tom gets the help he needs, frankly, like, He's a great fighter at the end of the day. He's given us some amazing, amazing fights in the UFC alone. Um, I hope it's not the end for him. I've messaged Canby, his manager, Team Fearless, just to see, if, just to check. Uh, Team Renegade, sorry, just to check if like, anything's going on. Um, hasn't got back to me yet, but I would imagine that he's taking some... I'd imagine he's taking some time out regardless because at the end of the day, like, I, I don't think the whole COVID situation, I don't think being locked in the hotel is necessarily helping him at all. He kind of alluded to that actually in an interview I did with him a couple of days ago. I didn't actually post because, well, I was going to post it and then you actually kindly told me that he'd been pulled out of the fight. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was like two hours of my life wasted. But he seemed really, I don't know, there was something not quite right there. The, ner- the he- nerve of Tom Breeze, mate, to waste part of your I mean, honestly, <laughs> what, what, is, what is going on there? This guy, oh, no, it's always a career, he's wasted an, over an hour of your time. What a joker. Hope he gets cut. But, um, <laughs> but either way, I just hope he gets the help he needs. And like, yeah, definitely. as much as I love seeing him fight, there's clearly like something that's a bit more important. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope Arroyo got paid. I don't know if, I don't know if the full circumstances or whatever, if he got like a show-up fee or what have you, but I really hope he got his dues. Um, but first of all, I just hope Tom's okay. And I hope he's got a, a good support team. I know he does. He's got a great support team around him. And I'm sure he'll be getting loads of advice, people like Mark Goddard and what have you. So, yeah, hopefully we see him return. Yeah, completely agree. Um, the card had a pretty explosive finale with uh, Biggie Boy Rosenstrike finally, finally showing us what he can do again after, what, two, three fights of doing nothing? Um, well, I guess <laughs> you can't really count the Francis fight, but the Gan fight was 25 minutes of him just getting punched in the face from really far away. Um, that's, that's my super simplistic explanation there. He, um, I mean, Rosenstrike has to be the best example of what we like to call the death touch power. Like, it, didn't even, it wasn't even that clean of a shot that he slept him with. He just kind of grazed him on the temple, kind of like what, um, what Izzy hit Paolo Costa with, just kind of caught him on the temple and um, 
I think the first the first ground and pound shot or maybe the second one put him out. So um, no complaints with the stoppage or anything. Um, Sakai, kind of a disappointment considering how good he looked like he was going to be a few years ago. Yeah, I I, I thought the the, the Overeem fight for Sakai was the coming out party. Mm-hmm. But if anything, it kind of felt like a retirement party because Reem just pieced him up completely. And then... Yeah, and as we saw against Volkov, Reem isn't, exact, isn't exactly, you know, still uh, still flying at his best. Yeah, and I, I feel like... I mean, we'll probably talk about Reem a bit later and what, with what he's going on. But it, to me, it kind of felt like whoever lost this fight is going to have a very hard time trying to get into the title picture or up the, the, the rankings and... I, yeah, I, I I'm just surprised Sakai didn't use his wrestling really. Like, it, I mean, I I think he kind of like was tempted to and what have you, but was maybe a bit cautious as you say by Rosen. The fact Rosenstruck has literally got sledgehammers for hands. Like, let, let's make no mistake. The man is a freak. Like, as you say, cuffing shot and he basically puts him out. Like, I wouldn't go anywhere near Rosenstruck to be fair. I'd, I'd no. be leg kicking <laughs> from miles away. I got long legs, so I'd stay well clear of that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I no, honestly, though, I was so impressed with Rosenstroke to come back after a pretty like. Let's just write the Francis off because that anything can happen, right? People get slept. That yeah. happens. Um, but he got made to look pretty average against Garn, like who just completely pieced him up. And he got a lot of criticism for that performance as well, just for, for being how cautious gun he was. shy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So full fair play to him. As for what's next, what do you think, mate? I, honestly, I'm I'm with two minds here because I think he can either go up. And potentially fight like the loser of um, maybe Garn versus Volkov is probably like the next possible step for him, just because of where they are in the rankings. But mm-hmm. I quite, I would quite like to see Rosenstroke versus Tybura as just like a, I don't know, I, I, I feel like it's kind of like where they're both at in their careers. It kind of makes the most sense. Like you're going to kind of gut check each other and 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 see which one is going to propel themselves into title contention again maybe someone else needs to work like it just seems the most natural fit to me yeah and i mean tybura would challenge rosenstrike in the way you're just saying that you hoped sakai would like tybura would definitely try and take him down and hold him down and we've not really seen anyone do that to rosenstrike so far i've seen people talking about matching him up with curtis blades i think that's a terrible idea because unless he Derek lewis him it's just going to be blades lying on top of him for 25 minutes and him not getting up um i don't like that at all my pick, yeah, Tybura is a good shout. I would also like if Volkov loses to Gan. I think Volkov versus Rosenstrike. Don't want to see Gan versus Rosenstrike again, and I don't think they'd make it again for the you know for the criticism of the last fight. So, um, yeah, if Volkov loses to Gan, I could see it being him against Rosenstrike. Um, you know, onto Tybura, really impressive comeback victory, but an an early winner. I'm not even going to say nominee winner for our our weekly Garbrandt game plan. Um, who we give to someone who displays poor fight IQ or poor game planning. Um, Walt Harris, same mistakes. He's making the same mistakes every time. He has no gas tank, man. Like, Well, you might if you didn't throw the kitchen sink in the first two <laughs> minutes every time. Yeah, and I, I don't know if he's like looking for the, perform- like the knockout of the night or fight of the night or performance of the night bonus or whatever, but... As you say, it's, it, the game plan just kind of goes out the window the minute he steps into the cage. Um, and I think it's getting to the point now that we, we're kind of beginning to question where Walt Harris's career goes. Like, I don't yeah, think he's, he's not young get... either. Like, he's not a young no, guy exactly. that you go, oh, well, he can go away for two years and, you know, come back a, a good grappler with a better game plan. Yeah, and I, I don't go wrong. Like, he's, a, he's a decent athlete. Like, he's built, he's massive, but doesn't necessarily translate into pro S. Like, look at someone like Aspinall, for instance. 
don't think he's got the IQ. I don't think I don't think he's got the like the the technicalities either to really push for a title shot or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with Tiberio because he kind of weathered that early storm and then just basically destroyed him, like made him look bang average. And again, Tiberio's kind of had like a bit of a roller coaster of a ride for UFC career, like a couple of wins, a couple of losses. Um, yeah, really impressed. Really, really impressed with the way he came back and, and dealt with it. But as you say, never mind Garbrandt game plan of the night. I think it's a contender for Garbrandt game plan of the year, to be honest. Like, rename, so the, rena- rename the award the Walt Harris. I, I've got nothing that <laughs> yeah. starts with W there, but <laughs> it's just called the Walt Harris now from now on. Um, yeah, Tybora did look really good. Um, one matchup I'd quite like to see with him is um, Abdurakimov. I don't know what the situation is with him. He's been on a crazy layoff since he lost to Blades. But his last win before that was against Tybura. So I feel like you can justify that rematch now because Abdurakimov loses, then disappears for two years. Tybura goes on, what, a five-fight winning streak and a couple finishes in there, a couple impressive finishes. So I don't know. That feels like a rematch they could make. They're literally right next to each other in the rankings. Um, another epic comeback, Santiago Ponzinibbio. What a guy. What a guy. How great was that to see him come back? I mean, I like Miguel ba- Baeza as well. Like, he's a good young guy. And I think he was undefeated before that fight, right? Um yeah, it was so awesome to see Ponzinibbio come back. Was, I mean, the, the second and third round, his jab was just insanely good. Like, he completely got the timing down. Um, he was beating Baeza up, to be honest, in the second and third round. It's nice to see, like, a veteran kind of school an up-and-coming prospect and, like, teach him a lesson. Like, I mean, I think it's kind of shaved a couple of years off both their careers, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah that third round war. was mad. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, let's be honest. Ponsonibio is a fan favorite. Like the man is never in a dull fight. Um, coming back from that Lin Jing Liang loss, like I was a bit not necessarily cautious, but I was a bit worried about what the next version of Ponsonibio would look after that loss. Like it was quite a devastating loss, and let's be honest, he'd been off for a, a long time anyway. But to come back and and basically bite down on his gum shield and throw the kitchen at sink at uh, Baeza, who let, let's be honest, I, I'm quite high on Baeza, but I, I think the problem with Baeza is that he's I don't think he's fighting in the right weight class. I'd like to see him go up. I think he's a bit, I, I don't know, it looks like he's, when he's walking around like a natural weight, he looks massive. Yeah, he's a big But he dude. didn't look like big enough for um, uh, for, for that fight. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. But but Ponzinibbio, again, just to, just to show that veteran savvy instinct of picking him apart with the jab, setting him up for that insane right hand, like, it was a war, man. As we like to say, get that stitch, claret everywhere. Yeah. Job done. I got to say, my favorite part was the uh, the post-fight interview. Bisping was like, how's your leg? Your leg was getting pretty beat up in the first round. He just went, I don't give a fuck about my leg. <laughs> so that was good as well. Uh, we love we love someone who's good, as good on the mic as they are um, in the fight. And uh, yeah, Santiago was that on Saturday, that's for sure. And um, one thing we we have to talk about before we uh, before we move on to this week's event, which is what we're really here for, is uh, Mason Jones getting absolutely shafted. Um, Wales' own, two Welsh people on this podcast, so we're obviously incredibly biased. But to, to be blunt, that was bullshit. Um, Alan Patrick spent, what, how long did the fight last? Eight minutes throwing dumb spinning shit, the type of thing you do on UFC 4 when you don't know the controls. Um completely burned his gas tank out in like the first three, four minutes of the first round was getting absolutely destroyed. Could have maybe got finished end of the first round. I thought, you know, that was pretty close to getting stopped and he was pretty close to getting stopped when he faked an eye poke and quit. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. Like there's a dive and there's just milk in it. Like when his coach came in, actually, I, I would love to know what like 
I was going to actually ask a Brazilian translator if there's anyone out there who understands Brazilian, what his coach was actually saying to him. Portuguese. When he was... <laughs> oh, Portuguese. There we go. Portuguese. <laughs> there we go. The foreign language. Anyway, I'd like to know what he was actually saying to him in that moment in time. Yeah. Because you could tell the referee. I don't think the referee has much. I mean, if, he's, if, he's, if his knowledge of foreign languages is like mine, he'll confuse Brazilian and Portuguese, but whatever. Um <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't even know if there's a Brazilian language, but yeah, I just think the whole situation, it seemed like he was, he was, he knew he was losing and it seemed like the he looked way. for an out. Yeah. He looked yeah. for an out. Like I'm, and, I'm and, sure and now his he's been finger like... did touch his eye, but it wasn't, it certainly wasn't a bad eye poke. It certainly wasn't the type of eye poke that the refs immediately jumped. Well, the ref didn't jump in. He called it himself. Like Patrick said, oh, he got me. And then the ref went, oh, okay, I'll stop it. Um, Yeah. It was just a weird situation. And the fact as well, I think it was only like, 20 seconds into the five minutes he's allowed that he was like nope can't see like that just and, and like that... any fighter that's you know worth their salt is going to say you know give me you know, give, give me a minute i don't want i don't want to quit i don't want to quit we've seen it loads of times in the past where the doctors are trying to stop a fight and the fighter wants to continue um and this is almost like the opposite like the fighter was immediately like nope can't see and and, and now he's got like a medical suspension for what like six months for what like how we bella mohammed uh, had arguably a far worse eye poke and yet he's fighting tomorrow night. Like, and what's that? Like three months away. That was def- from- you said arguably far worse, but that was definitely far worse. No, I no, love, I mean, I love I mean, the I mean, that he destroyed Bilal's eye. Sorry, I, I, did, I, did, I don't think the sarcasm came across enough oh, in this bad, Zoom call. But- um, yeah, I mean, it was the whole thing was a joke, and I, I, it, was, it was so bad. I literally would be calling for Patrick to get cut. In my opinion, he a hundred percent took a dive, and he a hundred percent quit um so fuck him basically um i did want to also give a shout out to um uh, manon furo i don't know if i'm saying her name right but um i don't know either i've spoken to her like i couldn't even tell you, but <laughs> she looked we'll like a goddamn that. terminator in there i mean she was fighting a girl coming up from a from a lower weight class but she literally looked twice her size it looked absolutely insane and her striking was so so good and good takedown defense as well relying on her little um muay thai clinches to uh to keep the fight standing where she needed to so yeah i just wanted to give her a quick shout out because that was a that was an epic performance. She absolutely destroyed um, Tabitha Ricci, who did show some toughness and some good moments. I think she'll be a good addition in her own class. I have an early comparison for you, Mitch. Now, this might be me being completely outlandish, so you call me out on bullshit if it's true, but I think she's kind of like the Gaethje of the, the female division. I don't know what you think, but like, I, I just think there are certain comparisons in terms of her style. Like, She's all out action. I don't know if you've seen that fight with her and Liam McCourt, but it's it's quite close. Like I, I feel like it maybe may have gone the other way. It was quite a controversial um, decision at the time, but yeah, I'm just I'm so excited to see her like find her rightful place in her home in the UFC. I think she's a future champion in the making. I really, really do. I think she's got it all. She looked like a fucking um, monster. I'm not gonna lie, she looked terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good. And then uh, shall we move on to what we're all here for? UFC 263? Yes. I was about to say the main event. It's not the main event, but every single fight on this card is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, there's some really fun ones, even on the early prelims. Like, um, I mean, the way weigh-ins are going on right now, by the way, while we're recording. So I hope nothing gets cancelled while we're talking about <laughs> yeah, it. That would be just a lovely treat from the MMA gods. But um, yeah, I mean, kicking us off, we got um, Carlos Philippe and Jake Collier. Um Jake looked really good in his last performance. I know he got, was it Aspinall pieced him up? Um, yep. But then he looked really good in his last fight. And I'm surprised he's the underdog here. I'm not going to lie. I know Carlos Felipe is 10 and 1, but I thought he lost his last fight to uh, to Justin Taffer. Um, if you remember that slugfest. 
And as we just saw recently, Toffa's not that good. So I don't really rate Carlos Philippe that highly, and I'm surprised he's the favorite here. Um, do you have any thoughts on that fight? I think it'll be a don't blink and you'll miss it. I think that, that'll literally be... A, I, I don't really see it going out. Like the first, I mean, it might be a boring slugfest and whatever, but I kind of don't see it going out the first round just because I think one of them is going to get their head taken off by the other. <laughs> yeah, and also shout out Jake Collier for um, moving up. Is it from middleweight to light heavyweight to heavyweight? I mean, that is a career path that every man should be proud of. He just decided, nah, fuck this. Fuck weight cutting and dieting. I'm just going to eat whatever I want and be a heavyweight. Absolutely love that. Um, then we got a, a fun European matchup with um, Fares Ziam and Luigi Vendramini, which is the most Italian name ever, by the way. Um, I was looking at their records beforehand. Vendramini's ne- never gone the distance in any of his fights, whether win or lose. And um, obviously, Ziam just had that that pretty fun fight with Malarkey as well. So um, another one that, you know, is not they're not the most well-known fighters, but I can see it being um, a pretty violent scrap. Most I would expect it mostly to take place on the feet and obviously be a lot quicker than the, the fight that precedes it. But yeah, I think um, I think this is one people are overlooking a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think it's a sleeper, especially from the prelims. Like, it, I think it's the one that may not be as exciting as it seems in terms of the names or the, the profile of both fighters. But as you say, I think Benjamin, I, 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 I don't know who I'd give the edge to in this outcome, because again, I think they're both really talented. Um, I must admit, I don't know as much about Benjamin as I do about Ziam, but I'm just kind of excited to see. I, I feel like the whole way this fight has been set up is that one of them is going to make a statement and kind of announce themselves on the big stage. That kind of what it feels like the matchmakers have done here. So I'm really excited to see this fight. And the fact it's so early on, it just like, the, and the fight that follows it afterwards as well, it kind of feels like they're just kind of, every fight is leading on to the next one. Do you know what I mean? Like everything is so organized in such a way that you're so- they're organizing like, you this to get us, fight. They're sucking us in with this view and then they're trying to get us to be a fan of Chase Hooper. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> ben Askren's son. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty tough fight for Hooper as well. Um, Steven Peterson, his last fight was that insane spinning back fist where him and his opponent both went for a spinning back fist at the same time. Um, I've seen some weird stuff in the news, actually. I think it's Steven Peterson. I hope I'm not mistaking him for somebody else. That He's been saying like he's he's going to refuse to fight in Texas because he thinks the commission there is biased against oh, yeah. him. Like he's had five split decisions or something and they've all gone against us. I don't know, something like that. Um, so, you know, that's some weird mental block. He needs to, there's no way an entire commission of judges, refs, etc., you know, colluding against no offense, a guy who's not even that well known in the UFC. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's probably going to win this, to be honest. I, I, I've spoken about this before. We've spoken about this before. Um, I don't think Chase Hooper's really ready for the type of matchups the UFC seem determined to throw him into. No, I don't think he's got the striking really to deal with the people. Like Peterson's very unorthodox. Yeah, he's wild. Um, and he, he he hits hard, man. And Hooper Hooper was in a war against Casiris. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I I think it's kind of not, not necessarily make or break for Hooper, but he got very lucky in his last fight. Again, a fight that I felt he was losing. Um so it'll be interesting to see how he deals with another veteran considering what happened the last time he fought. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, I think a lot of it all comes down to his mental attitude. Like mm-hmm. he's got to be a very strong person to get through this fight. I know he's been training with Wonder Boy and what have you, but has he really been training enough? I'm not quite sure where he's, do you know where his camp's been? I'm not sure. I don't know. If I don't know. I haven't looked that up. But again, I I feel like the, the, the thing they should have done is sign him to a developmental deal. I know they did. And then send him to like, I don't know, 
Titan FC or Cage Warriors or what have you for like five or six fights. That that would be the the smart move. You know, like how in football you go online yeah. a couple of years or whatever, exactly. and come back to beast. It it seems the logical step for me. And I do feel like they've learned from that. Like they have started to do that with other fighters they've they signed and they sent off the regional circuit. But yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe Chester proves wrong. I do like him. I think he's, really, I think he is a really funny guy. Like his Instagram is hilarious. Yeah, you can. You, but... I mean, you can see why they're pushing him. He's a marketable character. Um, you know, funny guy. Good. His, you know, what he's good at in the in the octagon is impressive. But uh, yeah, like we say, just not really that well rounded yet, and just so young that I don't know. It just, he like it's the fact that he is physically young as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you see mm-hmm. in whatever sport you see some kids that are like 18, 19 and they already have like a man's body, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, he's still kind of like a child. Um, so uh, maybe once he fills out a bit and uh, yeah, a few more fights under his belt, he is going to be as good as the UFC clearly hope he will be, but I just don't see it yet. And I think this is probably going to be um, a bad night at the office for him. Yeah. Unfortunately. What, what, what we got next on, I was about to say the birthday list. What we got next on the list. <laughs> Just slipping in there that's been your birthday this week. Happy birthday, by the way, mate. Um, fight of the night <laughs> pick from me right here. Matt Frivola, Terence McKinney. Um, anyone who doesn't know Terence McKinney, he's just come off a, a three-win streak in LFA. All three knockouts within the first minute. I think one of them might have been a minute and 10 seconds or something, but I'll give him it. Um, yeah, three first-minute knockouts in a row. Jumping in here at short notice to fight Matt Frivola. This is a much better matchup, by the way, than um, than Camacho versus Frivola, because I don't think Camacho's very good. Um, yeah, Frivola's <laughs> last fight, Sarukian lost it, obviously. No shame in that. Sarukian's an absolute monster on the Peace. mat. And uh, we saw in that fight, even though Frivola lost, how, like, I don't know, jumpy he can, you know what I mean? He's like kind of scrambly. He's like a kid with ADD or something. Like he was just jumping all over the place trying to escape those Sarukian um, exchanges. Like, this, this fight, it's just, it's going to be batshit insane. And it's either going to be immediate fight of the night or um or a quick knockout from McKinney. Because McKinney has insane yeah. power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for it. I really liked McKinney on the um, regional circuit. And again, Frivola is one of those funny ones, isn't he? Like, he fought Lewis Pena. And I don't know, I'm a massive Lewis Pena fan. And he, I, I kind of felt, I don't know if he'd done enough to deserve the decision, but whatever. Um, but Favreau was kind of telling him to like that all action, like gives it his all kind of fighter, even against Haruki and like he wasn't willing to like throw in the towel or whatever. Um, so it'll be interesting to see again, I, I, like these these two lightweight pairings that they've got on the early prelims. I, I, I'm, I really do have a feeling that we're going to see like, if there's not a knockout in either of those, I don't know what's happening. Cause I, just, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like both those matchups are just have fireworks written all over them. So I, I'm really excited to see that. Must admit, of all the fights on this card, this one, this next one, is one that I couldn't give two monkeys about whatsoever. Just, just don't care at all. But I, I do, <laughs> a little I harsh, do, mate. I, I do like, um, I do like Panny. I'm, I am a fan, but yeah, I, I, I just think the matchup itself is just a bit like meh. Don't I know. feel like it's 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 kind of an unnecessary matchup. It, it feels like a litmus test for Panny Kianzad that they've already given her. She just beat Sajara Eubanks. Which is like, okay, you're a good striker. Let's see if you can beat someone who's going to try and, you know, maul you on the ground. And then they give her Alexis Davis, who's going to do what? Try and take her down. Like, I don't know. It just feels like they're giving her a test that they just gave her with with Sarge. It's it's a weird matchup, in my opinion. I agree. Um, yeah, I think Kian's a decision probably. She probably she showed against Eubanks that she has good takedown defense and can get back up when she gets taken down. So I don't see Davis, um, you know, dominating her on the mat. And um, 
yeah, Davis just doesn't really have the striking, I don't think, to keep up with with Panny on the feet. So we'll skip over that one, shall we? <laughs> on, on to the, the people's main event. Well, no, probably not the people's main event. People's co-main event of the evening. My two. Why are they doing this to me, Ben? Why are they matching two of my favourite prospects up together? Please Wait, tell me why. You. I swear every week you complain about prospects getting matched together. Um, but this fight is so worth it. I mean, this, this fight could be... <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't have the name draw, and this would never actually happen. But in terms of the entertainment value, this could be a main event. Like, it's going to be absolute fireworks. Um, Evloev and Dawadu, both insane striking. Like, they're going to be, like, spinning wheel kicks to the body, like, all sorts of mad shit going on, flying knees. Um, maybe we'll get to see Evloev in a in a submission for five minutes, like in his last fight. <laughs> I don't know. I doubt it. It's probably going to be mostly on the feet. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolute fireworks again just then both throwing massive sledgehammers at each other for three rounds i'm so excited i'm, I'm intrigued actually because i think dewoodo is good i'm not entirely sure that he's got enough to stand and bang with mozart just because of what we've seen from mozart like i can't remember who he fought in his last fight but he was literally beating him up like in the, in the i think that like third round was it nick um, lentz yeah it might be that yes i think it was nick lentz because grandy wasn't yes it's nick lentz um, and obviously Nick Lentz retired but yeah I mean we're both high on Mozart like we've been riding that train for ages I'm really uh, but again I, I wrote a prospects list a couple of years ago and Duardo was on that list so <laughs> we have I been riding like the train I'm, but yeah I, it's like choosing, choosing between your favourite child <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping off it mate I'm jumping off it I'm going with Hakeem to get the win here Um, I looked, I looked at their resumes and I looked at the, a bit of their uh, their past fights and I think he's he's shown more against better competition to this point in their career and I'm just going to base it off that, that between the two prospects, he's the one that's fought better competition. And um, I've, I mean, it's, it's almost like, impossible to choose. It's almost impossible to choose. They're both so fun, both insanely good strikers. Is it a pick'em? I think um, Mosvall is a slight favourite, but not massively. Again, Hakeem hits like a truck. Like we, we saw that against um, Tukov, like, again, through the kitchen sink at him. I know, he, I know he lost to Dan Henry, but it was a bit of a, in, it, uh, that fight was a bit back and forth and I think he was a bit out of his depth in terms of that matchup but he's repped by Paradigm who clearly I mean if you look at the talent pool they sign people who they think are going to be future stars or what have you I think he's got the it factor I do I think, uh, he was talking a lot of smack in his previous fight beforehand um, but yeah man Mozart's just a bit of a dark horse isn't he Like I feel like I feel like as you say there's, there's less variables that we know about Mozart but like that's why I'm a little nervous to, to throw money on him as a favourite here, just because I feel like we've seen more from, from Dawadu against people we know more about, if you know what I mean. Um, well, mm-hmm. not the people that we know more about, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. I just think there's a little more evidence to show that Dawadu is definitely a legit prospect, whereas, um, yeah, Mosvar has shown us some insanely good things in his couple fights, but he's not really for anyone. He has a really a flexible neck. There we go. Yes, he does have <laughs> a very flexible neck. Um, yeah, we could... Um, I'm not sure that's really a detail we need to, we need to be discussing there, mate, your private life, but um, <laughs> we'll move on to uh, a possible title elimination bout here, Lauren Murphy and Jojo Calderwood. Um, another Scott on the card. There's a couple of Scots on this card, and um, Lauren Murphy looked really good in her last fight. I don't even remember who it was against, but she got the finish. And uh, yeah, Calderwood looked good against Jessica I. This is by far the funnest female fight on this card, considering the other one we just spoke about, and um, should be a good scrap. Oh, yeah, I think Jojo says something like, we're just both going to be covered in blood by the end of it. She brings it. She's tough. Like, it was something along those lines. I can't quite remember the exact quote. 
check it out on, in the article later this evening. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really excited for this fight. Massive fan of JoJo, but Lauren's been on. I think she, Lauren's on a four fight win streak. Could be wrong. Um, yeah, she's she's been she's been on a bit of a tear. I think she actually called for a title shot after her last win, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, so theoretically, you'd have this to is think. A title yeah, yeah, this is the one that they're saying. Okay, win this one, and then you can have it. And and to be fair, JoJo's a massive name. Lauren's a massive name. I do feel like the winner sets themselves up nicely. Valentina said she wants to be active. So, and let's be honest, the division is 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 so shallow. Like one of these last fights for the title, maybe I, I, again. It's, it, for me, it's an interesting one because I'm not quite sure. It, I feel like with JoJo, a lot of it is the mind. I feel like if she's if she goes into a fight with a strong mentality, she'll mm-hmm. more often than not dig deep and win the fight. But uh, like Lauren's win streak, she's for like decent level opposition as well, come out on top. Um, yeah, it's a tough one to pick, man. And I, I I feel like Lauren's potentially got a bit more strings to her bow. Like she's got, from what I remember, she's got decent like wrestling. I think she finished her last fight on the ground, yeah. Um, and obviously JoJo is mainly a striker. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I think I'll probably just be biased towards a Brit and choose JoJo. No, ev- <laughs> no uh, evidence to support my pick there. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, speaking of Brits, this is this is a rematch I'm really excited about. What because... happened in the last one again? I've forgotten. How did it... Was um, it an eye poke or a, I know he got a need top shot? Oh, yeah, need needs the head. head. Yep, that's right. I, I'm intrigued. I, I've spoken to Darren Stewart and he has got a bit of a bit between his teeth. I've also spoken to Eric Anders and he feels like Stewart essentially chucked him the towel and quit. Yeah. So uh, there's a little bit of pre-fight needle in there. Um, I mean, I, I'm intrigued. I'm really... If this is the Darren Stewart that I think it is, and this is the Darren Stewart from the Cage Warriors days who was fighting at light heavyweight, I think this could be a bit of a bad night for Eric Anders. Um, but, but having said that, before the knee to the head, Eric Anders was looking good, man. Yeah, like, he was close to getting the finish. Yeah. So, and, and light heavy with the extra power, it could be a bad day in the office. <laughs> so, someone's getting slept, that's for sure. <laughs> um, unless one of them decides to try and wrestle fuck their way to a victory, um, which would be a massive disappointment considering the last fight was mayhem as long as it lasted. Yeah, somebody's probably getting slept. Um, I think I'd lean Anders just because of the evidence we've seen in the last fight. Um, he was definitely on the verge of winning before he threw the illegal shot. So, um, yeah, one I'm I'm really looking forward to again, another super fun light. I mean, so many good lightweight fights on this card. Um, Drew Dober against Brad Riddell. I'm going 100% against your boy here. I know you love the city kickboxing guys. I've, I've watched Brad Riddell fight several times now, and every time I think, man, this guy's fun. But he's going to die at some point when he fights somebody like Drew Dober. Um, if you watch Brad Riddell's fight with, uh, with Jamie Malarkey, he put himself in harm's way so much and i know that was what two three fights ago and a few years ago so he's you know will have developed a lot more now um as a mixed martial artist but i just think doba like you just said about murphy doba has more strings to his bow and there was a few exchanges against malarkey that in particular that worry me for adele where if he gets caught with the shots that malarkey was hitting him by drew doba he's asleep like he's on his way to the hospital yeah i think i i think in terms of experience as well obviously doba's a vet Bradwell's very early in his career. It's an interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Like, Dober's been in quite a few wars recently. How much does he still have left in him to pull something out of the bag? Because I think that's what he's going to need to do. I think Bradwell is kickboxing. I mean, he hasn't really shown it because he's just been in wars, but the guy is a really decent Yeah, well, that, that's my worry with him is that he seems happy to engage in his wars. Like, there was one left hook that Malaki caught him with in the third round. 
that literally, I, I'm telling you, if Dober hits him with that, he's asleep, like un- face down on the mat. I, I feel like the, the job with comparing tape is that the next fight, the fighters aren't going to be the same. They'll have learned. Like, yeah. They will have theoretically learned from those mistakes, right? And in, in, in unless Riddell, you're uh, Walt Harris. Yeah, unless you, yeah. Well, I was saying high level athletes. We can't <laughs> oh, harsh, mate. Like oh, um, yeah, I, I think to be honest, I probably, although my heart goes against it, I would lead towards Drew Dober because, again, of the experience edge. But I'm, I, Riddell hasn't had a knockout in the FC yet, I don't think. I think all of his fights have either gone to, have gone to a decision. Um, yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards a knockout here. I, I, I think if Riddell wins, I think he'll sleep him. He's been kind of talking about knocking out Drew Dober and what have you yeah. and, and murking this fool and all that stuff. I, there doesn't really seem to be much pre-fight needle, but there's a little bit. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I, I do feel like the matchup is it kind of like two fights too early for Riddell. Maybe next week we'll be saying it was the right time. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. But, um, but <laughs> in terms of the matchup, I feel like Dober's gonna must be like, thank God, after fighting Makachev to then go and get a, a guy who's purely going to want to strike with him. Like, I feel like if I'm Dober, I'm absolutely delighted that I don't have to fight another grapple after what Makachev did to him. Um, yeah, and then kicking off the light, uh, the, the main card, we got light heavyweights, Paul Craig against Jamal Hill. This is another one that could be a banger. Um, Hill obviously has just been sleeping people left, right, and center, but very inexperienced, only eight fights. Um, he's eight, you know, he's undefeated. And Paul Craig, we know, can beat anyone on his day. I mean, the guy submitted Ankalaev, who's an absolute monster. So... Yeah, I mean, an- another tricky one to call. The odds on this one are pretty interesting. Hill is a huge favorite. I think you can get like um, well over two to one on Paul Craig to win. I think it's like five to two or something. Um, I don't know what that is in the American plus 250 or whatever version of the odds. Stupid point um, system, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just just use our system, guys. It's much better. Um, it's yeah, like I, I'm a little that. surprised that Craig is such a huge underdog here. I mean, I would expect him to be the underdog because it's you know a classic case of experienced guy against the up-and-coming undefeated prospect but i mean it's a huge gap in the odds and it only takes one moment against paul craig and you're going to sleep yeah i think well you we can say that both both about both guys right yeah like, in, in different it, ways yeah yeah I, I think if it go i think uh, again i'm massively high on hill i kind of picked him to be a future champion at some point as well i'd love to see him versus jimmy crew at some point paul craig's really confident about this fight like, and this isn't like a a brag or anything from him. He is very confident. He, he sees something in Hill that he thinks he can exploit. Well, we haven't seen Hill's grappling yet inside the octagon. Um, I think he got taken down a few times, a few fights ago. I can't remember who he was fighting, but he said he broke his hand in that fight, so he wasn't able to defend takedowns properly. Um, but it was mainly just bouncing back up. I mean, we haven't really seen like any jujitsu, any grappling exchanges. He says... Very, he's been very public about the fact that, oh yeah, I've been training jiu-jitsu since I was whatever age, you know, if anyone wants to take me down, try it, see what happens. Um, not really sure that's a challenge you want to lay down to Paul Gray, to be honest. The man has the deadliest triangle choke in, like, potentially UFC history. Like, the minute he gets his legs around you, you're yeah. basically doomed. And as you've alluded to, like, submitting Ankalaev, is is to, again someone else who's potentially going to become champion? It, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I, I my my worry with Hill is that I think he could get get a bit too over eager and get caught in a submission. But on the flip side, against OSP, another submission specialist, 
he smoked him. I think so, a lot of people as well were saying what we're saying now about that fight, and he'll you know shut us and anyone else up that was saying that. So um, yeah, that's a good point actually. It's a good thing to reference that he has already kind of had this similar test. Um, I wouldn't quite put OSP on the Paul Craig level in terms of solely going for submissions because OSP is happy oh, to stand and bang. But let's clear that um, out right away. Paul Craig has the best jiu-jitsu in the light heavyweight division. Like he uh, again, check it out. Going, I think it's actually just gone live. He basically wants to be the Damian Meyer of the light heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, that was a word for word, no matter what he said. He wants to use his jiu-jitsu. Like I was asking him, so do, do you think that? I don't know, you've pigeonholed yourself into being a jiu-jitsu guy, but he was very much like, no, no, actually, like, I think you should play to your strengths. If he plays to his strengths and he basically lets Hill come into his guard, I think he chokes him out. Facts. But does he get to that stage? I, th- I think that's the interesting. I can't call this fight again because I think there's too many variables. Like, if Hill does what he did to OSP, I wouldn't be surprised. If Craig chokes him out in two, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a classic striker versus grappler. Um depending on how the fight plays out, one of them is probably going to look quite convincing in the way they win. Um, yeah, well, uh, we'll move on to the man you were just speaking about, Damian Meyer, Bilal Muhammad. Um, I don't know if you've seen Bilal's been shit-talking Leon a little bit this week, saying, like, what? why the hell is he forgetting to fight Nate Diaz? He should be fighting me again. Um, I'm not going to lie, I kind of agree with Leon that you could see in the short time that fight occurred that it was only, only going to be one-sided. Um, yeah, he's fighting Damian Meyer instead. And... Maya's another another you know experienced guy who's being overlooked here. I mean, I, I know he the optics of his last loss are really bad, I guess you could say. Um against Burns, it was like it's not just that he got knocked out, he looked old, he looked feeble. Just, does that make sense? Like, so I think people are automatically assuming that he's just you know, once that happens, you're over the hill. But yeah, we just saw with Ponzinibbio that yes, he got starched by Li Jing Liang and he looked old and feeble in that fight and comes back and entertains us all with an absolute war. So yeah, and I'm not counting Maya out. Um, I do think people are, are overlooking him a little bit, but also I'm super high on Bilal, so I'm going to lean a uh, a Bilal decision win here. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing. I, I think Damien Meyer sadly is over the hill. I think he's had it. I think he should have hung him up a long time ago. Who knows? Maybe he'll, he'll catch After he subbed Ben Askren. That's, that yeah. should have been it. Like, okay, Maybe. I've done you guys a favour. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got rid of that one bum. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a set up fight for Bilal to like make a bit of a statement and then potentially call out the winner or loser of Diaz Edwards, right? But mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to see that fight. I, I think he would have I, I think in a some parallel universe, Leon Edwards has completely smoked Bilal Mohammed in like the second round. The way that fight was going, the first round was so one dimensional. It did rock we, him with again, a head kick as well, yeah. Yeah, we've spoken about it before. I I do think there's levels, but and that leads us nicely. Onto the people's well, again, it's hard to call it the people's main event when it's so stacked. But you call everything the people's I, main event, mate. There's like five people's main events on this card. Leon Edwards I against think, Nate I, Diaz I, is unquestionably the people. I mean, if Nate Diaz is fighting, he's the people's main event. I'd argue that he's maybe the second biggest star behind Connor in terms of that having that casual wider fan base. Um, I don't know if you saw that any any of the press conference yesterday. The fans were absolutely loving Nate, and he was just sitting there smoking a joint. So that was great, classic Nate. Um, I do think he's going to get pieced up here, though, not going to lie. The way he fights is, I don't know, I just body kick's going to be there all day for Leon. The elbows in the clinch are going to be there all day for Leon. I don't see that Nate's wrestling is that much superior, that he's just going to be able to control this on the mat. I don't really see anywhere where he's massively superior to Leon. And, and on the other side, 
there's a lot of areas that Leon is superior. Um, there's a reason the odds are so one-sided in this, and I think it could be uh, could be pretty brutal for Nate. Not going to lie. I think, as you say, I can't see anything other than an Edward stoppage. To be honest, like be that a sub, be that a knockout. I do. I I think. Diaz Doctor stoppage, stoppage, probably most likely yeah. seeing his yeah. mate's face yeah. is like made of wet cardboard at this point. Due respect, he's paid his dues. He is one of the goats. He's one of the OGs. You you think of a fighter's fighter, Nate Diaz has it all. There's too many superlatives to throw his direction, but I just think this isn't. I think this is perfectly set up for Leon Edwards to make a name for himself, and then potentially, I I think he's long overdue a title shot anyway. But the winner of this fight, Usman, that's guaranteed. I think I think we saw it at the weigh-ins. I think I think what well, um, uh, face offs. Sorry, like, I thought uh, face offs. Face off. Face offs. There we go. Said it. Face offs. <laughs> I love when you forget how to speak the English language. Mate. It's my favorite part <laughs> of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we saw it at the face offs. I, I think Diaz is naturally a lightweight. I don't think he's a welterweight at all. Uh, I, and yeah, the people he's fought well, at welterweight were also natural lightweights. And and if you look at the physicality as well. Edwards looks massive, man. Like, well, Leon's in insane shape. Like, ever since that long layoff with COVID, um, I don't know what he was doing. I want his workout routines from the lockdown because, God damn, that guy's in insane shape. Um, there is not an ounce of fat on him. He's just all muscle. And, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think Nate's path to victory is probably like a random guillotine or triangle. Um, that's really the only way I could see him, you know, catching Leon in something. I, there's no way he's winning the striking. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, it's it's set up nicely for uh, Nate to make a name for himself. And yeah, who knows? Like, oh, on, on another note, I've just found out I've drawn Slovakia in a, a sweepstake. I'm going to cry myself to sleep. <laughs> oh, mate, I got Benzema for top scorer, and then he uh, hurt his knee in the last in the last friendly before the tournament. So um, don't don't worry about that. Um, yeah, come in event: Davison Figueiredo, Brandon Moreno. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to make a bit of a bold prediction here. I think Figueredo is going to smoke him. I think Figueredo, I love Figueredo, first of all. I'm being very biased here because it, the God of War nickname has never been more fitting. Like, he is such a badass in there. Like, what he did to Benavidez, I'll never forgive him for it, but it was so savage. And he did it twice. Um, Figueredo is just such an absolute animal. And I feel like there was a lot of kind of question marks hanging over him before the last fight with Moreno. Obviously, I think, was it two weeks or three weeks prior? He'd already just fought and defended his belt, um, like which is an insane move that people don't talk about enough, by the way. The guy defended his belt twice in a month. Um, and I think he also was hospitalized like the day before the fight or the morning of the fight. And still it took a point deduction for a nut shot to get a draw. I don't know. I, I like Moreno, I do. But there's just something about Figueredo that I just feel like he's going to dominate whoever he's in there with. Like you could put him in there with someone above his weight class and I'd still think, oh, Figueredo's going to kill him. There's just there's an intensity to him that I just feel like he's going to kill whoever you put in front of him. He's basically a mini Aldo, isn't he? I yeah. feel like that. And that, that sounds really disrespectful because obviously like, you probably don't want to be compared to one of the all-time greats, but you want to be your own fighter, right? You want to be a, make your own name. But I think that's such a fair comparison. And he brings such intent. I mean, did you see it again at, at the face-offs? Like, he was standing there and he literally just sent him flying. Like, he was suave as hell as well. Like, that is a man oh, with yeah. immense confidence. I, I think, I, I think Figueroa could make a bit of a statement here. But having said that, it wasn't one-sided. Like, their previous No, it wasn't one-sided. Was but also, I think it was, it wasn't as close as 
I think I think he would have won that fight easily without the point deduction. I, I still think he maybe could have even made an argument that he did win the fight. Um, and I also think the commentary was really biased in that fight. I watched it back the other day and like Figueredo would land like a four, like a, you know, four or five shot combo and there'd be nothing. And then Moreno would like fire back one shot and he'd be like, oh, Moreno caught him. Um, it was pretty obvious who Joe Rogan bet on in that fight. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, I think, like I said, I like Moreno. I'm a big fan of Moreno. But I, I don't know. I just it's something about Figueroa, man. He's just such a savage. The he's, he's so good everywhere. There's nothing he's bad at in the octagon. So um, yeah, I'm going with the God of War to get in a, get an insane finish. Uh, maybe like third or fourth round after Moreno tires a little bit. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. I, again, I can't go against you. I think figs. We, we're, we're high on the fig train. We have been for ages. I, I, I'm looking past nothing other than a statement win here. And then I'm going to end with another ball prediction. Um, so I'm either going to look like an idiot or a genius come uh, come when we talk about this next week. I think this this come, uh, this main event isn't even close. I don't think Vittori has anything at all to offer Izzy. Nothing. Like I can't see him holding him down for a long time. Izzy's you know improved a lot since that last fight. I know that happened in the third round. Like Vittori keeps talking about, oh, I've improved so much since that last fight. Yeah, so is Adesanya, bro. <laughs> like Adesanya is not just like the same fighter he was when he fought Vittori. He's gone and beat, you know, some of the best of the best. And um, I also think people are looking a little bit too much into the loss against Blahovich. Like, let's not forget Blahovich destroyed Dominic Reyes. And as much as the the Prohaska knockout on Reyes was savage, Reyes was in that fight. Like Reyes was very much in that fight with Jiri. Compare that to the to the fight with Blahovic. He was never in that fight. Blahovic destroyed him, like barely a scratch on him. I just think there's no point, there's no not even any point applying any logic from the Blahovic fight to this one because Vittori is not Blahovic. I think as well, you kind of lose to the size matters, right? Izzy was massively underside against Blahovic. Unfortunately, um, mate, it does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I give up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think Blaho it's like I think the, the the sheer size, like Izzy came in two under strength. Um look the smaller man. I think against Vittori height wise, Alessandro looked I mean just the sheer size, Alessandro looks massive. He looked ripped at the press conference. Yeah, and Vittori kind of looks yeah, no uh sneaky pectoral muscle here today um, but <laughs> yeah I, I think I think Vittori, I think Vittori's going to play into his hands man I really do I think like angry Italian is going to come out charged and he's going to throw a kitchen sink at him and he's going to get picked off by a master kickboxer like I don't I think if he even tries to use the, I don't think he'll use the wrestling like, everyone was saying about Paolo Costa oh he'll just wrestle him but he didn't and there's a reason because Izzy sets them up right every shot Izzy throws is with intention and well, like perfectly placed. We've said that we've said that this before with Izzy. If it was easy to just like everyone says, oh yeah, just take him down. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Like it, the only person that's been able to do it is a guy who's twenty pounds heavier than him and an absolute beast. So yeah, I, I maybe it's not even bold of me to say that Adesanya is going to destroy him. I may have been um, jumping the gun a bit saying it's a bold prediction because I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way. But I just yeah, I don't see a path to victory for for Tory like. There's nothing that special about his grappling, I don't think. It's just he's just good and strong. Like it's not amazing. And um, I think you need to be amazing to test Izzy rather than just good. So yeah, I, I think he's gonna get destroyed. No, no two ways about it. I'm not, uh, don't get me wrong, I do think there are ways Vittori can win. I think Vittori hits quite hard. But I, I think if Vittori gets on the inside, it'll be interesting to see how Izzy deals with it because Izzy's so used to fucking at range. I think the best path to victory for Vittori 
is to close that distance and put the pressure on. If mm-hmm. Izzy's the one who's dictating the pace of the fight, then it's got Adesanya boring decision written all over it, right? But yeah, it's an interesting one. It, I, I think the whole card for, for fight fans generally, like if a casual wants to get into MMA, this is the fight. This is the fight card to watch. Like I don't care about two six four. This is this is it. This mm-hmm. this is as good as it's going to get. I would argue it's probably one of the most stacked cards we've seen in years. And we've, they put on some bangers recently. So fair play to the matchmakers. Fair play to Dana. Like I cannot wait for tomorrow night. Same. Do you want to give a quick shout out to some uh, some winners on PFL last night before we uh, before we close up? I do. do you know, I broke the curse. So I, for listeners who don't know, I've interviewed a couple of people recently and they've gone on to lose. So it was quite nice to interview a couple of people recently. Oh, you're, the, and... you're the new Ariel Hawani, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you seen the hostage videos he does where every time he does them with a fighter, they lose? That's you now. Um, yeah. 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 I'll just have to make sure. I'll have to make sure that my internet cuts out halfway through the interview. There we go. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think let's start off with Clarissa. Let's go top down. Um, I A lot of people are picking holes in her, rightly so. But I think what everyone is forgetting is that that was her debut on a big stage. She's not making it on a regional circuit, small hall in front of like 500 people. She's making it on one of the biggest organizations in the world. And she's doing it against a fighter who is a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like that, that's kind of, if you look at like, other MMA fighters' records, you look at McGregor's record when he first fought and whatever, they're fighting like 2 0, 3 0 prospects. They're not fighting, all right. Brittany Elkin has got a, a losing record. That's fair enough. But she's also a very talented grappler. And she showed that in the first two rounds of that fight. Clarissa just couldn't wrestle with that, basically. She couldn't defend the takedown and she struggled. But I mean, to be honest, as she kind of alluded to, she was defending the strikes. Like nothing really landed that of, of, of that much significance. But she needed that. She needed that litmus test to then come out in the third round and do, let's be honest, what we've all been wanting to see from Clarissa Shields in an MMA cage show them damn hands like <laughs> jesus christ like I, I, I everyone talks about it and I, I know i've gone off on dc for saying it and how like oh, amanda nunez and whatever or, or max holloway's got the best best boxing in mma and all this ridiculousness but clarissa shields hands down has the best boxing out of any boxer or striker in mma i, I was so impressed like with with the technique, like when on the, uh, when they were standing up, but also on the, the shots she was actually placing on the ground, like she threw an intent, like yeah, I, I saw some people say oh early stoppage or whatever, but how was that an early stoppage? Like Elkin wasn't she was even face down, back. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, no, I was really impressed, man. Like, again, it's it, it's one thing making your debut, but it's another uh, uh, like transition from two sports. It's another thing making your debut on the biggest on one of the biggest stages in front of loads of people. Who are wanting you to lose? Like, yeah, like you say, it's I, not. I mean, it's not really about the level of opponent. Um, I I actually kind of have some some less satisfactory things to say about Brittany Elkin than than you just said. I think whoever gave her a brown belt needs their fucking credentials checking because she did nothing with top position and then she gassed. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, all you can say is like what insane courage it takes from Shields, like you say, to jump over and jump straight into the you know into again not in terms of the opponent but in terms of the stage and the pressure. Um, yeah, really impressive. Um, I know you want to talk about Brendan Lockman before we go, so I'll just I'll just let you rant about how good he is for a little bit, mate. Um, I will say though, Tyler Diamond has an insane chin. That dude took some shots. Yeah, he just seems to be dropping that, literally drop and then bounce back yeah, up. Yeah, he's like uh, a, yeah, he's like a bouncy ball. No, like, again, Brendan. I I think I think the UFC made a massive mistake not signing him. Oh, I, I really do. Definitely. I think he, of all the fighters in the featherweight division to come from the UK. 
Brandon Lockhart is the best. I, I think Brandon, I would argue Brandon is probably one of the top three, maybe top two UK fighters right now. Like the guy's been on a tear. He's 31. He doesn't look a day over 23. Like it's brilliant what he's doing. He's, he, I, I don't think he lost a round, to be honest. I know it was a majority decision, but I couldn't really see where he, like, I couldn't really see a round that he lost. I don't know what you thought. No, like, I thought he dominated. Like... I, I only watched it this morning, didn't watch it live. But um, so maybe I had the uh, the confirmation bias of knowing the result already. But yeah, I thought he looked pretty dominant. And um, Tyler Diamond just brought an insane amount of toughness to that fight. Um, they both looked pretty beat up afterwards, though. Which And you love to see the, the respect of them to, you know, sharing a few pictures together afterwards and stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got on that. But again, it's good to see Brennan. Like, Brennan obviously just starts Shim and Rice, but it's good to see him go through a like become a champion, you've got to beat the best, right? But you've got to beat yeah. them in a way that shows that you deserve to be champion. Like, he's mm-hmm. had the viral knockout. He's had a war. I feel like the next step is the playoffs, right? And then it's the final. I really want to see him versus Bubba Jenkins. They kind of exchanged a bit of needle. There's like a bit of... Not really... No, it's more friendly banter. There's there's no hatred there. But, oh, it'll be so... I, I'm just so excited. I'm so happy for him as well because I know how much he's like... He's sacrificed. Like, he didn't have his um, long-term childhood coach there. Um Tony wasn't there unfortunately because of work and what have you. But yeah, to put to put, put on a performance like that on, on a night when the eyeballs will be on something else like Carissa Shields, I mm-hmm. think he deserves again immense respect. Um, I'll be honest, nothing really else stood, stood out for me. The minute Pettis pulled out, I was just like, oh, the card's kind of stinky. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm there was really there was an insane knockout to start the night. But other than that, yeah, um, that my my attention was on Lockdown and Shields, like you said. And uh, can I just say that was the most British thing I've ever heard was you saying they had a bit of friendly banter. Um, so <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up on that note. And um, yeah, we'll be back next week with, uh, with more friendly banter, mate. <laughs> Take care. See ya.